Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Hey, Stevens Creek Church, Dave here. It is so great to be back in Augusta this weekend. My whole family's here the week of Memorial Day, just hanging out, seeing old spots, seeing old friends, and spending some time together. And I'm honored to be here because the 10 years I was on staff at the Creek, I had the privilege of preaching almost every Memorial Day weekend. I just, I love this weekend of the year. It kind of marks the end of the school year. It marks the beginning of summer, uh, that change of seasons. And it's a change to such a great season as we head into the summertime. And so it is, it's a privilege to be back uh, preaching to you this time live via video. But I hope to be back on stage at the Creek real soon to hug your necks and see you all real soon. I know it's been such an interesting time for us, hadn't it? I mean, this, this whole experience with COVID-19, with social distancing, with what we've collectively been experiencing has been unlike anything we've ever experienced. I keep telling my kids, boys, pay attention to everything that's happening right now because you're going to tell your children and your grandchildren about what you were living through right now. And I think there are so many lessons that God wants us to learn through this time. And I know in a lot of ways we're coming out of it and things are slowly starting to get back to normal and things are opening back up. But the bottom line is I think things are going to look and feel different for a long time. I think this is a prolonged season of transition that all of us are in. And for many of us, it's a transition that has a lot of difficulties. Difficulties around our finances, difficulties around just uncertainty and the anxiety that uncertainties can bring. And, and that can be tough. And so what does the Bible have to say about finding strength and perspective and faith in these moments of uncertainty and difficulty. And in the time I have today, I just wanna share with you five things from scripture that have really encouraged me and encouraged my heart uh, over, the, over the season that we're all in together. And I hope that this encourages you too, because the bottom line is God has a lot to say about what to do in difficult times. In fact, it's what a lot of the Bible is about. The very oldest book in the Bible, many scholars believe, the first one written down was the book of Job. It's not first chronologically when you look at the table of contents in your Bible, but they think it was probably written first. And Job is the story of a guy who, through no fault of his own, lost nearly everything in his life. You know, he, he lost his children, he lost his health, he lost his wealth. And God is teaching us so much in the lesson of Job's faith and perseverance and what God was doing inside of Job's heart during that season of loss and ultimately what God did to restore, uh, not only in this lifetime, but in eternity. And that's part of the hope we have as Christians is that there's really nothing this life can ever take away from us that God cannot restore in an eternal glory. And so because of that, that alone gives us strength, right? That, that our, our pain is temporary and our joys are gonna be eternal. But what do we do in those moments of pain? What do we do in those moments of difficulty? Well, God has a lot of encouragement and comfort for us. Just in my, my regular quiet time, in the mornings, uh, which I've been doing an extended kind of quiet time in the morning, every morning, uh, which has helped so much during this quarantine, uh, I came across a verse in 2 Corinthians yesterday that really, really spoke to me. And I just want to read this to you. This wasn't even in my original notes, uh, but I read it uh, and, and I thought, I've got to share this with the creek because this really, really meant a lot to me. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. And it says this, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. 
He comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer in Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. So I think sometimes we, we have this, this false picture of God that he's this, this punisher and that he's trying to just inflict this unnecessary pain on his children. But the truth is God is our comforter. And yes, this life is gonna have, have pain because we live in a broken world and, and one day God will set all that right and make all things new. But in the meantime, even in the midst of the pain, he is there enduring it with us. He is there giving us comfort. You know, Jesus, our Savior, he knows what pain feels like. To me, one of the most comforting verses in the Bible is the shortest verse in the Bible, and it simply says, Jesus wept. And I'm reminded that we have a Savior who's not distant from our pain, that he gets it. He knows what pain feels like. He knows what loss feels like. He knows what disappointment feels like. And he's conquered all of it, and now he is present with us as our, as our comforter, our Savior, and our guide through every single trial we could ever endure. And that perspective should carry us through not only COVID-19, but whatever trials happen. You know, if you're not watching this sermon live, you might be, you know, stumbling on this sermon years down the road when you don't even know what the coronavirus is. But in whatever season of life you're in, whatever season of time you're in, there are always going to be troubles. It's just an inevitable part of life. Storms in life are inevitable, but destruction is optional. And if we have our lives built on a foundation of Christ and his word and his promises, then we're going to weather the storms. You are going to get through this storm. And so what are the five things God wants us to remember in difficult times? Number one, remember that your character should always be stronger than your circumstances. God wants to develop a character within you that is resilient and that is stronger than any set of circumstances that you face so that no set of circumstances you face is powerful enough to steal your joy or steal your, your peace or sabotage your faith. You know, that happens when we, when we do this. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So rejoice right now. I think sometimes when we're in a tough season, we say, oh, I've just got to endure it. I've just got to grip my teeth and I've got to get through this. And yeah, there's a certain level of grit that we all need to get through tough times, but we can't forget that even in the midst of tough times, we're called to have joy. We're called to continue praying. We're called to continue giving thanks. And a heart of gratitude to God isn't just given when, when everything is going our way and when all of our prayers are being answered the way that we want them to be answered. But no, our gratitude is even more important in those moments when we're showing our faith by thanking God in advance for what he's doing, even when we can't see what he's doing in the midst of the storm that we're in because we know that he's good and we know that he's with us and we know that he's powerful. And when we praise him, we remind ourselves of that and he inhabits the praises of his people, the Bible says. So as you praise God, you experience his presence in a more real way. Yes, he's with you all the time, but there are certain things we can do to experience his omnipresence in an even more spectacular way, way. And praising him in the midst of the storms, having gratitude in the middle of those storms is a huge way to do that. That's number one. Number two, remember that your struggles always lead to strength. God's doing something good in the midst of your struggle. I love what the book of James says. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So James is telling us, listen guys, whatever you're going through, God is using it 
for good. Don't complain about the trial. Don't complain about that the struggle or the pain because it's actually a gift that God is allowing you to go through it. Nearly every good thing in this life is something we're gonna be able to experience forever in heaven. But one of the very few things in this life that won't be able to be experienced in heaven is pain and the inevitable growth that always comes through pain. This little short life we're living right now is the only time in all of eternity when you will be able to experience the growth that comes through difficult seasons. And so when those difficult seasons come, it doesn't mean you have to like it. And you can still pray, God, take this for me soon. But in the meantime, change my perspective so that I can see what you're doing in the midst of this. And you might look at your situation and say, I don't see what God's doing. Like, I don't see anything that's happening in the midst of this situation. I don't see anything good that's coming out of this. But I promise God's doing something good. You know, one thing uh, new that our family has done uh, in, in the midst of all this is that my two older boys, Cooper and Connor, who are teenagers now, which just makes me feel super old, uh, they've gotten into to weightlifting. So while a lot of people are just getting fatter and fatter during COVID-19, my two older boys are gonna come out of this in the best shape of their lives because they're working out every single day. We've got this little homemade weight room in our house that used to be an office, and now it's been taken over by, by weights. It looks like a scene from a Rocky movie, you know, training the way that they, they go in there. And it's, it's amazing seeing them grow in strength almost daily. But what they're doing, they're, they're picking up weights, they're putting the weights down. They're picking up weights, they're putting the weights down. When you look in that room, you can't see the sign of any of the work that they've done. Even though they're working in there every day, they're toiling, they're struggling, they're sweating through, through blood, sweat, and tears. But when you go and look at it, the weights are all in the same place. It's not like they're, the, the result of their work is you can see that a house is being built or the result of their work is that you can see a, you know, walls being painted. No, they're lifting the same thing and putting it down, lifting it up and putting it down. Sometimes they're getting on a treadmill that doesn't actually go anywhere. You know, they, they, they run, but they don't go anywhere. And maybe you feel like in your life, you're running and not getting anywhere. You're, you're, you're straining and pushing, but you're not moving anything. And you're like, God, my efforts are being wasted. But just like my boys in that weight room, what God is using that struggle to do is to create strength inside of them. Their resolve is getting stronger. You know, their muscles are getting stronger. Their character is getting stronger. And it's the same for you and me in the weight room of life when we're up against struggles, like collectively we're in right now with social distancing and with just, you know, all of the junk that we're facing. It's a struggle. It, it, it's, a, it's a spiritual wilderness in a lot of ways. And you're thinking, God, why are you allowing me to go through this? But when you look at it, not as a punishment, but as a time of development, as the weight room, so to speak, for your soul, and that you're being made stronger even in those moments when you feel weak. My boys limp out of that weight room after they've lifted and lifted, and in that moment, they feel weaker than they did when they walked in because they're exhausted, they're spent. But they know that that exhaustion is temporary, and, and as they rebuild, they're gonna be stronger as a result of what they just went through. You are gonna be stronger as a result of what you're going through right now. So hold on to that promise. God never wastes our pain. That's number two. Number three, remember that God's timing is always perfect. I think one of the most difficult and yet one of the most important aspects of our faith is to trust in God's timing. We say we trust in God, but really the rubber meets the road when we're willing to trust in God's timing because his timing, as you probably already know, is almost always different than our timing. You know, God is not Amazon Prime. We want something delivered the next day. You know, we're praying about something. If it takes longer than two days, we want our money back. God's timing isn't like that. He's very patient. And his timing is in the scope of eternity. He is 
never going to rush things, but he's never going to be late either, and we've got to be trusting in him. You know, I love the verse, one of the most famous verses in the Bible that God spoke to the nation of Israel, but it applies to us as well. He said, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. He's saying, trust me, look at what I've carried you through. I delivered you from bondage in Egypt. I delivered you, you know, through the Red Sea. I delivered you through that time in the wilderness. I, I delivered you into the promised land, he's saying to, the, to, to those people. And building on that legacy of, of faith all these generations later, God has been so faithful to you for generations bringing you to this place in your life. And so look at the times he's been faithful and give thanks for those times that he's been faithful and know that he knows what he's doing. You know, Ashley, I'm, I'm so proud of her. My wife is definitely the smart one in the relationship. And I'm just, I married way out of my league, as all of you know. Uh, she, for the last four years, has been working on a book project called Peace Pirates. And it's an amazing book about keeping your peace and not letting those peace pirates, which are those things that steal your peace, come in and sabotage what God is wanting to do in your life. And she was so patient because a book project should not take four years to release. It just, it, it never does. You know, I, I know I, I've experienced it. I've never experienced anything this long. It was like there, there were all these unnecessary delays over and over and over again. And she would get discouraged, but she would still have faith even in the midst of those delays. And she would say, well, I guess this is for something. Maybe, maybe God's timing is different than my timing and I'm going to keep persevering. When a lot of people would have just quit. You know, I probably would not have had the patience to keep going. I probably would have quit halfway into this four-year journey, but she stuck with it and she kept writing and she, she kept responding with grace to those delays. And then four years later, in an, in an era of timing, she could have not possibly planned. In, in the first week that, that most of the nation all of a sudden had to be shut down and we were collectively going through this huge lack of peace, Ashley's book, Peace Pirates is released. And we just stood back in amazement and said, man, that is God's timing. Because if this book would have been released a couple years ago, the way that we wanted it to, it, the message would not have been nearly so powerful because there wasn't as much of a need for peace. God put this message on her heart four years ago, knowing that four years later, four years later was ultimately gonna be when it came to fruition and when people needed it most. And so maybe you're in that a similar season of waiting. It might have nothing to do with the book, but there's a certain part of your life where you're waiting. You're waiting for God to bring a spouse. You know, you're waiting for that wayward child to return. You're, you're waiting for, for your work to be recognized and for you to finally get that promotion or that new job opportunity. Stay faithful right where you are. Keep trusting God, keep praising God, keep thanking God. He knows what he's doing. All right. Number four, remember that because of Jesus, all our pain is temporary and all our joy will be eternal. That's something I said right at the beginning, but it's worth hearing again. Every bit of pain that you and I will experience in this life is temporary pain, every bit of it. But our joy will last forever because of Jesus. And if we'll, if we'll hold on to that, I'm telling you, eternity is forever and this finite period of time that we're hurting, it's gonna pass. And in the midst of it, God is doing something good. Romans 8.18 says this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You know, that's the Apostle Paul writing, and he understood what present sufferings felt like. You know, he didn't write this from some spa resort somewhere. He wrote this from prison where he'd been beaten, where he had been abandoned by so many of his friends, where he'd been unjustly uh, punished and, and, and left alone, and he'd been ridiculed, and he'd been he'd experienced every kind of pain and loneliness a person can feel. 
And yet he had this joy that was unshakable because it wasn't rooted in his circumstances. It was rooted in his Savior. And he knew that his circumstances were temporary. That prison cell was a temporary sentence, but his home in heaven was eternal. And because of that, and because he knew what God was doing, even in the midst of his difficulty, he said, you know, the, the, the suffering we're going through now, it's not even worth comparing to the good things that God has in store for us. It's not even worth comparing, so don't take your eye off the prize. A few verses later, Paul, completing that same thought, says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And a few years back, uh, I, I was training for a marathon. It was actually my second attempt at a marathon because the first one I tried and didn't finish. I hadn't trained well enough. You know, I got kind of hurt halfway through and hobbled along for a while. And, and I eventually just, I couldn't finish it. And it was kind of this, this humiliating outing because everybody knew I was running it. Everybody asked how I did. And I had to admit that I'd, I had not finished the race. And so with this second outing, I was determined to train well. And, and I, I hooked up with a training partner who was going to push me. And he was this Marine guy that, that used to go to the creek before he moved named Josh. He was, you know, tough. And he, he'd been through so much stuff. And I knew he is going to push me harder than I will push myself. And I ran with him. And there were so many times on our runs I'd want to stop. And he would just encourage me to keep going. Sometimes it was encouragement. Sometimes it was just flat out ridicule to keep me get to going. And it worked because Josh was a great motivator. And I wanted to keep up. With, uh, with this awesome, tough Marine who was taking his time to help train me. So the day of the race comes around, and I was running, and Josh wasn't there to run with me, right? I was trying to remember all of the things he'd said to encourage me in the training, but when I was actually running the race, I, I wasn't hearing his voice, and it was harder because he wasn't there pushing me. And so when I got to those last miles, I was hurting so badly that I wanted to quit. I just, I wanted to quit, but it was like, in my mind, I was hearing his voice pushing me in those moments I'd wanted to quit in our training, and I hadn't, and so I kept going, and it was slow, guys. I was being passed by elderly ladies, but I kept going, and I crossed that finish line, and let me tell you, once I crossed that finish line, the pain that I was feeling, all of a sudden, I completely forgot it. Like, the pain that I was feeling wasn't worth comparing to the joy of having completed the race, and, and that is a, a minor, minor, superficial example when compared to the eternal glory that God has for us. And the race in life we run is a lot harder than just, than just you know, running a, a marathon. It's, it's something that, that will try us physically, emotionally, spiritually. But if we keep going, and that's really what faithfulness is. Faithfulness, which is God's definition of success, is trusting God enough to keep going. And whatever you're going through right now, Trust God enough to keep going, knowing that he's with you, knowing that he's for you, and knowing that the, the, the circumstances you're facing right now, as difficult as they are, and God cares about your pain, he sees you where you are, he's with you in the midst of it, but he is doing something good in it. And don't lose sight of that. And as bad as it hurts right now, just try to imagine, try to imagine the glory that you'll feel when you cross that finish line when you receive that crown of righteousness, when the arms that created the universe wrap themselves around you and say, well done, well done, welcome home, welcome home. You persevered, you were faithful, you finished your race, you trusted Jesus, you ran the race with him, and you did not give up. And man, what a moment, what a moment that's gonna be for all of us. So that's, that's four. And then number five, remember this, remember that God will never leave you and he'll never forsake you. 
Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. That's something God would say to the nation of Israel over and over again. When Joshua, who was taken over from Moses, uh, you know, was handed those reins of leadership, which is huge shoes to fill. Imagine following Moses, being, being his, his successor. Joshua felt like, I can't do this. I'm not qualified. And, and yet God said, listen, it's not about your qualifications. It's about my qualifications as your God. And I'm telling you, I've put you in this position. You can trust me. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I'm with you. I'm going to fight your battles for you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And in whatever battles that you are facing right now, I know collectively we're in a big battle, maybe one of the biggest ones of our lifetime, but individually you're in some battles that maybe nobody else knows anything about. You're fighting some individual battles with discouragement and with disappointment. You're fighting some individual battles that, that only God sees. And God wants you to know that you can trust him. You can trust him to persevere. You can trust him. You don't have to face this battle alone because Jesus is with you. You also, even with you and God, can reach out. Right now, the social distancing has kind of created this, this cruel side effect where we don't have the up-close and personal contact we once did. And I know that that's going away. I, I know that, that we're able to get around each other more than we were, but, but things are still not quite the same. We still can't you know, gather in, in huge groups. We still can't get the collective encouragement uh, that we once did. And those times are coming. But in the meantime, we've got to work even harder to fight for community and to invest in relationships because isolation is the enemy's game plan to bring us down into discouragement. God's plan for healing in every part of our life involves community. It involves relationship. God's solution is always rooted in relationships, first and foremost with him and then with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so if you are struggling right now, Reach out to God first, and then don't be afraid to pick up that phone. Reach out to somebody. Send a text. Give a call. If you get a call or a text like that, return it. If you need help, be the one to reach out. If someone reaches out to you, then be the kind of friend that makes time to be there because we, we should never walk through these struggles alone. But even in the moments when you feel alone, remember that you're not because Jesus says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Skipping ahead to, to the, the end of the Bible, you know, to the, the book of Revelation, one, one thing that gives me comfort right now is that when you read the end of the book, it has a happy ending. We know how it's playing out. Like right now, it, it feels like we're in this situation where what's going to happen? The news is changing every single day. Like there, there's all this uncertainty. All the experts are arguing about what's going to happen. Nobody knows what the future is. Jesus knows the future. He's already been there. He's already conquered it. And he's saying, trust me. What we're living in right now is like watching a, a football game on DVR that's already happened. It feels like we're in real time in the moment, but the outcome's already been decided. The scoreboard already says that we've won. And we've got to trust that God knows what he's talking about. I love this passage from Revelation. He, speaking of Jesus, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said, write this down. He didn't want us to forget that. Don't miss that. He said, these words are trustworthy and true. I'm making everything new. I'm going to wipe away every tear from your eyes. I'm telling you how this is going to play out. 
yeah, it's, it's going to hurt for a while. Life's going to hurt for a while, but I'm going to be there at the finish line. Not only at the finish line, I'm actually with you every step of the race. But when you get to that finish line, I'm going to be there to wipe every tear from your eyes, to celebrate with you, and I'm going to restore and make new and make right everything that was broken and wrong with this sinful world that we've been in. And he's going to, he's going to remake it. It's going to be perfect. The world that we've longed for all along, the world that our souls are crying out for, the justice that our souls are crying out for, it's all going to happen. And right now, right now, it's just this temporary time of waiting and trusting until it happens. God is with you. He is for you. In just a minute, I want to close in, in prayer uh, just to encourage you right where you are. But again, kind of one final message before I, I get there. I just want to say thank you to this church. I want to say thank you to Pastor Marty and Patty. Um, your leadership through this time for all of us has been such a source of, of comfort and strength. Not only your leadership through COVID-19, but your leadership for the last three decades uh, really has changed the course of so many lives, including my own and my family's. And I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to the amazing staff at Stevens Creek Church, a team that I was so proud to be part of for a decade. I've been watching and cheering you guys on and the way that you've led, uh, the way that you've encouraged others uh, through social media and otherwise, the way you've served your, com your community, it has inspired us a thousand miles away here in Texas. And for, for all of you who are watching right now, uh, so many, so many that I call friends, so many that have been mentors to, to me, so many that have been accountability partners, so many who've lifted our family up in prayer. Um, it's, it's such a privilege. It's such a privilege to call you friends. It's great to be back in Augusta this week, like I said, and I hope to see all of you real soon. God has got great things in store. The best is yet to come. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you're bigger than our biggest struggle. We thank you that you're bigger than COVID-19. We thank you that you're bigger than financial pressure. You're bigger than cancer. You're bigger than divorce. You're bigger than death itself. And because of that, Lord, we can have hope and we can have strength, even in the midst of the hardest times we might face. And there are a lot of people who are in difficult times right now. And I pray right now, wherever they are, they would just receive this message from your word as a blessing. And this prayer is a blessing, knowing that you're with them. And Lord, let them be aware of your presence like never before. Guide their steps, strengthen them, protect them, bless them, and lead them to that place of blessing you have prepared for them. For all of us, Lord, help us remain faithful in these times of testing, knowing that you're bringing good out of it. Let us never lose sight of your love, your promise, and your truth. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.